Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Lebrocuber. Let's start the show by saying that there will be spoilers. Maybe. It's not a 100% guaranteed chance, but the chance is there. So, there. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, pass the podcast on to a friend. Or, if you don't like what you hear, pass it on to an enemy. Take that, enemies. Uh, Now I'm going to push a button. That will start a timer. A timer that I will try to follow. I know I did well last time. And I'm going to try to do so again well. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Nanobot Post Apocalyptic Grey Goo. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie Thirst, uh, Big Hero 6. Uh, I have had this movie, when did this come out? 2014. I feel like a long time. Maybe not that long, but a long time. Just sitting there waiting for me to watch. It's one of those movies like, oh god, Wreck-It Ralph, which I also have, which is probably even older than this that I've been sort of waiting to watch with a kid <laughs> I don't have a kid I don't want a kid uh, but I do have access to kids which sounds really bad I, by that I mean my nephew uh, but you know what I kind of felt like in the mood for uh, this kind of I don't want to say kid movie because uh, although sure that's the target audience this is one of those sort of r- Kid movies, that's so good that adults will like. Like, it's got 7.9 and Imbida. Uh, Rating-wise, I'm going to go solid 4 out of 5. Very, very solid 4 out of 5. Uh, had great enjoyment watching it. Fun for the whole family, you might say. So, uh, I still got Wreck-It Ralph to save for when I can watch it with a kid. <laughs> Weird. But still. Yeah, but still. Uh, the special bond that develops between plus-size inflatable robot Baymax and prodigy hero Hamada, who team up with a group of friends to form a band of high-tech heroes. Uh, that is the description, but I feel like it doesn't make sense 100%. Uh, basically, there's this guy, Hero, that's H-I-R-O. That's his name. Get over it. Uh, he, through a series of events, becomes uh, in charge of, uh, in possession of a robot that his, uh, was it his brother? Yeah, his brother created, his brother who died in uh, not great circumstances, 
Uh, and then there's an evil that they have to fight. And they all get their own little powers because they're all geniuses. And they use said genius to develop uh, suits and gadgets and such, as a Batman might. Uh, and then fight this evil, this evil that uses sort of nanobot technology, uh, which is something that is real and becoming more and more real. So that's sort of fascinating in itself. Uh, Big Hero 6 gets a Big Hero 4. Uh, next is The Boy. Uh, this is another movie that I've had for a while and hadn't pulled the plug off. On. Uh, I know I will. I asked the missus at least three times if she wanted to watch it, and she always sort of put me off, despite the fact that this is the sort of movie that she likes. Uh, an intimate portrait of a nine-year-old sociopath's growing fascination with death. What? Yeah, this is a very, very dark movie. Uh, as that obviously suggests. So uh, basically you got this kid living alone with his dad at a hotel motel in the middle of nowhere. And we literally watch as he sort of starts as that typical uh, herding pets and then sort of moves up from there and ends spectacularly in a just fucking blaze of glory for him, that is. Uh, okay, uh, rating-wise, The Boy, I'll go 4 out of 5 as well. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's not something I'd ever seen before. I don't think I've ever really seen a movie like that. Uh, so for that alone, uh, if you're a long-time listener, you will know I appreciate movies that don't sort of follow things I've seen before. So good on you, The Boy. Next is Cake, uh, starring Jennifer Aniston. Again, oh, you know what it was? Yeah, the theme of this uh, this episode can be movies that I've had for a long time uh, and hadn't watched and said, hey, let's just watch these. Get them, get them out of here. Get them out. Uh, so Jennifer Aniston plays a girl who was in a car accident. Was it a car accident? Yeah, I think it was. Um, and she's sort of contemplating suicide. She's in great pain. She's depressed. This also very dark movie. Uh, Jennifer Aniston... I don't know. My opinion is hard to pin down on this one, I think. You know what? I think I'll go three, which, if you're unfamiliar, is my enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I don't really have any desire to watch this again. Uh, and is it because of Jennifer Aniston? Like, I think the possibility exists that you could put another actress in this place, and I would have enjoyed the movie more, which is not the nicest thing to say, and... On this podcast, we don't really say mean things, but uh, it's just maybe I have trouble picturing her from Friends, from all these rom-coms, in this sort of more serious role. So I don't, I don't think she. You know what? Okay, here's here's the compliment that I will give. If you had never, if you didn't know who Jennifer Aniston was, and saw this movie, your opinion of her would probably be better. Uh, your your opinion of her acting ability, uh, her ability to fulfill what this role asks would be higher than if you knew about her from Friends and rom-coms and such. Alright, that makes a sort of sense. <sighs> Movie the fourth, uh, Neighbors 2, colon, Sorority Rising. Uh, yeah, so this is, as you no doubt know, part two of the Neighbors trilogy, no doubt. There'll be a third one, I bet. I don't know, maybe they won't. I don't think this one did very good, and it's not great. 
I'm a little disappointed because I love Chloe Grace Moretes, who is the uh, head of the titular <laughs> sorority. So basically, it's like Neighbors, which is, if you've never seen, you don't know what I'm talking about, but with girls instead of guys. Uh, so there's a family, uh, Seth Rogen and Rose... Yeah, Rose Byrne? Byrne? How would you say that? B-Y-R-N-E. B-Y-R... Byrne? 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 Rose Byrne. Uh, live in a house with their daughter and a sorority moves in next door and all hell breaks loose. As it probably would if that happened to you in real life. Uh, I gotta say, this movie, the absolute highlight for me over the course of the entire thing is the aforementioned Rose Byrne, Byron Byrne. She is so fucking funny. Had me laughing so many times. Not even necessarily with just the lines she was given and said out of her mouth, but the looks she would give and just the way, just incredible. Like, I was already a fan, but she was, for me, the highlight of this movie, just period, full stop. Uh, watch this movie for her performance low. Uh, she was good in the first one, too, but I don't remember her being as good as she was in this movie. Really just incredible. Love her. Uh, Rating-wise for Neighbors 2, uh, I think I'd go solid 3 again. Uh, enjoyed while watching, probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, I think I did enjoy the first one better, if I do recall. Although a lot of things I don't remember from the first one that they sort of talked about in this one. Then What? That happened in the first one? I would say to myself. Uh, yeah, so that is movies successfully talked about. There's no denying that. No denying that. <clears throat> television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Region Free Soup. Okay, so uh, what I decided to do for this television talk was to talk about uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, and Bill Maher, the three uh, late-night talk show hosts that I watch on a regular basis. Watch, in the sense that I watch all of their clips on YouTube. The reason I decided to do this is because there once was a fourth that I used to watch. Probably, possibly, I might even say it outright, my favorite of the four, Mr. Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien of Late Night, just the best, loved him to bits, uh, comedic genius, probably again, just period, full stop. Uh, something happens to his YouTube channel where his clips are no longer available in Canada. I am in Canada. So this is very inconvenient of me, for me. <clears throat> I did uh, let my disappointment be known on various social medias on more than one occasion. It seems to have no effect. <laughs> I don't do it in a mean way, just so you know. Something that I'm very sort of, I have pride of, which is not many things in this world, but one thing I do have pride of is if you took every single comment, everything I've ever posted, any online presence I've ever had, uh, you would be extremely hard-pressed to find anything of a sort of negative 
trolley variety. Uh, that's not who I am in real life, so why should it be who I am on the internet? Right? Uh, that being said, fuck off, Conan. Give me some of your sweet, sweet shit bat back, you son of a bitch. And Andy Richter, too. You, you I, I like as well. Please. Uh, so, uh, there's that spiel. Now let's talk about Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, and Bill Maher. Uh, you know what? I used to say, would have said that Jimmy Kimmel would be my next favorite, but something seems to be happening with him lately where it's it's more of just the same old, same old. Nothing seems to be changing. Uh, which, do you need change? Maybe you don't. Maybe a terrific, amazing late-night talk show can stay that way and just do that. Uh, which is something that late-night talk shows, a lot of the other guys, seem to be running away from with their various games that they play all the time. Jimmy Kimmel does it as well, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Stephen Colbert, he's fine. Um, he's not as good as uh, from <laughs> Stephen Colbert of the Colbert Report. He was amazing. Let's uh, Stephen Colbert of the Colbert Report, six six out of five. Stephen Colbert of late night talk show hosts, like just sort of middle of the road, which I think a lot of people have that complaint. Wow, this is like the meanest episode I've ever done. Uh, Bill Maher, I love. Just he's my favorite of this list. Uh, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, the thing that I don't like of Bill Maher is how many people I have heard say he's a dick. Uh, like, the amount of people I've heard say he's a dick, it, it, it can't be not true at this point. It, it's sort of the Bill Cosby phenomenon of, okay, there's there's 52 girls saying you did this. You obviously did this. Uh, the same sort of thing with Bill Maher, which uh, I, I really, it, it upsets me. Both the Bill Cosby thing and uh, the Bill Maher being a dick in real life to just people thing. Uh, it, it doesn't exactly, like, I don't think it sort of shines through on his show, his dickishness. Like, he'll stand up for what he believes in and do it in a comedic way, not not even in a harsh, assholey way, I would say. But who's to say? <laughs> Me, I guess. Uh, I, I think, and almost hope, what it has to do with a lot of, because his opinions are so strong, um... Maybe people who agree with, disagree with his opinions, consider his disagreeing dickishness. That's not, that's not impossible. That being said, some of the people who I have heard call him a dick, I really respect. So, I don't know. Tell me, Bill Maher, are you a dick? Today's book banter sponsor is Merlin Consulting, like magic. Oh, and what a coincidence. The book today is Merlin by Stephen R. Lawhead. This is book number two of the Pen Dragon Cycle, as you are no doubt aware, because you, listening to this, listen to every single episode, and you know I did book number one last time, right? Right? Uh, yeah, okay, so full disclosure, and this has happened 
Oh, jeez. N- not very often. So we're, what are we? We're, this is episode 380. Probably like 10 times over the course of these 380 episodes I've done this. But uh, it's just working out that way. I am not 100% done this book yet. I still have like 100 pages to go. So probably should wait and talk about it. But a little behind the scenes action. The missus is uh, staying with her folks for a couple of days. Uh, her dad... Uh, had hip surgery, so she's staying there to sort of help out a bit, which is very nice of her. So, uh, because I like to podcast when I'm home alone, I thought I would take advantage of that fact, uh, despite not being done the book. Okay, full disclosure completed. Now, uh, I don't think it's possible that my rating slash opinion will change of this book in the last 100 pages. It would be, it would be very strange if it did. I'll tell you what, if it does change somehow, some way, I'll come back and put a little cap on it. But that is unlikely. Uh, Rating-wise, I'm going to go 4 out of 5. Uh, I didn't like this one as much uh, as I did uh, the first book, Talison, 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 Talespin. Um, that being said, still an incredible piece of fantasy novel series thing. Uh, again, if you like the Arthurian legend, uh, delving deep into it, not from a, well, it's, it's, I guess it's not really historic in any regard, but, uh, but, but sort of delving deep into these characters of, uh, fiction, I suppose there, there's, there's never, you know what, I'm a little foggy on that. There's never really been proof of these people actually existing, right? Like, that's not a thing. This has always just been, uh, fiction turned into myth turned into legend that that sort of thing i assume talking out of my ass someone can can correct me on that this is a podcast which apparently although it's yet to happen to me uh, <laughs> uh apparently uh, when you say things on podcasts that are incorrect people will let you know now either i don't have very many listeners or everything i say is correct because no one's ever done it to me i assume i'm always correct an enchanting tale of love and loss glory and grandeur set in the twilight of rome's power where the celtic chieftains of britain battled to save their land from an onrushing darkness that's just a little tidbit uh, from the point of view of Merlin, which is one of my reasons of sort of not giving it five out of five. Uh, it sort of jumped back and forth uh, between, seemingly between Merlin in the present and Merlin in the future, telling his story of the present. There, there was some tense issues, I think, unless I'm an idiot, which is definitely possible. Uh, maybe it was a formatting issue issue on the on the uh, EPUB that I was uh, listening where or listening uh, reading where sometimes I wouldn't know if it was the past or the future Merlin that was telling the, the part of the story I was reading so it made it a little confusing from time to time that being said still a good book try to draw that out hoping the time would go off because uh, I don't know what else to say Perhaps that's because I'm not 100% on the book. Uh, if you like Merlin, you'll like this. Uh, some of the the battling between Merlin and his kind of sort of kind of sort of sister um, Morgana Mor- Morrigan, mm-hmm, fantasy name, 
uh, I like because that's something that is also from other things I have read, so. Yay, I guess. Oh boy. Today's game, a Gavin sponsor, is Satan Brand Half Ply Toilet Paper. Okay, uh, so I think I did mention uh, last episode that we were going to talk my last game of my PlayStation 4 cleanup, which is Saints Row colon Get Out of Hell. Uh, this is by far, of that cleanup, the best of the games I played. It's the one I played the most, the one I had the most fun of, um, longest play, you know, just all around hands down the best uh just a good game period uh rating wise i probably go should i go four or five you know, just the fact that i'm debating giving it a five out of five uh, you, you know what i will go five out of five it's uh I, I love saints row games and one that takes place in hell pretty awesome idea uh saints row what will the next one be five uh, what the hell are they gonna do in that that is just mind-boggling uh, the the things they've they've gone hell space uh, it's taken the grand theft auto formula and amped it to ridiculous how are you possibly going to top yourself levels and I love it. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think I might have even said this before. I do like the Saints Row series for those reasons, as a sort of general rule, more than the Grand Theft Auto series, as much as I love that. So, really an incredible feat. Uh, this brings me to a sort of, since this falls under the PS4 cleanup uh, discussion, uh, I just got a message from uh, PlayStation about how they're raising the uh, uh, PlayStation... What the fuck is it called? Uh, subscription thing that I can't remember the name of. Oh, you know what? That sort of makes my point for me. But uh, I am debating renewing... Not renewing. At the new higher price. Uh, it's only, what is it? $60 a year, so it's not crazy. Uh, you do get a fair amount of free games for that. Oh, am I trying to talk myself into it? I don't know, but I find myself way more, excuse me, drawn to uh, playing things on Steam, PC, than I do on uh, PS4. Like, the fact that I let games build up is sort of telling. I do believe that I have turned into one of the PC Master Race somehow without even noticing. Uh, this just doesn't seem to be as much on PlayStation, and, and I don't have the enjoyment that I used to. I, I don't know, that's sort of off off topic a little bit. Okay, so your play as uh, Johnny Gat, he has to go to hell in order to uh, save his boss from Satan. Yes, the Satan. The final boss of this game is Satan. That is fucking crazy. Uh, you have uh, in this game Angel Wings. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, you start off with wings, angel wings, and you can fly around the city of hell. Basically what they've done is taken like a city from Saints Row. I don't know if they actually took the exact city or just moved it around a bit uh, and then sort of reskinned it as hell. So all the pedestrians are sort of like guys who you would see in hell. 
uh, all the like cops and people you would fight are demons. Uh, really uh, did some incredible skinning, I believe you might call that. Taking what is there and adding cool hell shit to it. Uh, you, as you do, you get powers, power of flight, uh, stomping. Uh, that's the one that I sort of built up the most. The one where you sort of stomp and then everyone around you goes flying. Because that's a fun... Uh, then you can have minions. Uh, this is sort of, because this is a DLC, it's not a full game. It was, compared to a full Saints Row game, a little boiled down a little bit. But just a bit. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest DLCs I've ever played. Uh, maybe Witcher 3 has some bigger ones, but uh, pretty incredible. The, the other thing is you don't need a copy of Saints Row in order to play this, which that's always appreciated. It is. Uh, all in all, easy for me to give a 5 out of 5. Yeah. See? I changed. 5 out of 5. Not 4 out of 5. Take that, game. Internet Intercore sponsor is Ocarina of Space. Okay, uh, first item up for bids. No, not for bids. Paul F. Tompkins guess on who charted. Yes. Uh, this is maybe not crazy for the reason that I think they mentioned Paul F. Tompkins has guessed it on who charted more than anyone or was in the record books or some such. Like eight guesting appearances so that's not crazy what is crazy is these fucking guys on this episode i don't know like okay this is what it felt like although knowing the people who were there i don't think it is true it felt like they all did a bunch of coke and then recorded a podcast it was fucking nuts it was either the coke or the silliness cranked to 11 but something was going on there and i fucking loved it i'm swearing even which I'm allowed to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just like they were almost like manic in their excitement to talk and joke and laugh. And uh, I love Paul F. Tompkins' laugh. It, it, his laugh makes me laugh. And it's just an incredible... I'm not even... Like, I don't even really know what they talked about. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast Who Charted... Uh, they talk of top five lists of things, be it uh, always a music one, then maybe a television or a movie list, uh, and they sort of break them down and just, just talk about them and shoot the shit around that sort of theme. Uh, I listen to every episode, they're always good, but this one in particular, man, man, it is just the, the silliness so oozing that I had to bring it back. Like, I had to bring back this next item, segue. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer playing Ocarina of Time for the first time at age 30, I have written here, because that is just what he did. Uh, yeah, really digging this Danny O'Dwyer, uh, leaving GameSpot, I was super depressed about that. Well, depressed maybe a strong word, but I was upset, to a degree, because uh, I loved him on GameSpot, so him leaving it made me think, oh man, I'm not going to see this guy any again, anymore, but turns out, 
because of the reason he uh, quit GameSpot to pursue a career doing shit for himself, his presence on the internet is stronger than ever, including uh, playing Ocarina of Time for the first time at age 30. Uh, now, I've sort of been debating, and I even added it to a list somewhere, I forget where, um, replaying Ocarina of Time, or I also debated having watching someone play it like uh, like literally that we're finding a youtube channel of someone playing it and watch them play it um there's reasons why both would be good um but when his came along i decided yeah you know what i am gonna do this he's gonna play for like an hour and change a week it's gonna take him a fucking long time if he only plays an hour a week especially at the pace that he's going at so far um, but so far my plan is to watch. I enjoyed the first one. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I will say the one sort of knock, uh, is having played Ocarina of Time so many times and knowing exactly what to do, uh, in order to beat it, uh, not necessarily in a sort of speed run fashion, but in a not incredibly slow, frustrating to watch someone not know what to do fashion. Uh, it, it, there was moments I'm like, just go over here. You walk by this thing five times and you don't know where to go. Uh, anyways, Danny O'Dwyer, I wish you well. Your ocarinas. Uh, next we have the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. I mentioned it very briefly just for a second with regards to something else uh, last week, I do believe. But since this has now made its way into my regular podcast rotation... Uh, I wanted to sort of figure out, uh, sorry, I wanted to uh, bring it back and talk about it for real. Uh, okay, so it's host, oh shit, what's his name? It's the name curse. Stuart Goldsmith, who is also a comedian, uh, he will sit down, has done so 182 times now, with uh, various comedians and talk about sort of the craft of stand-up comedy. Uh, something I'm very curious about, and I'll try to get audience participation, participation, although that never works, so I don't know why I do try. Uh, my, my thought is this, uh, is there people who love comedy? Well, yes, there is. Um, but have no interest in sort of the craft of comedy. Or is there people like myself who love comedy and are also interested in what goes into the making of a, of a stand-up routine goes into the making of a joke a chunk uh is it two type of people and if so could i say uh, and how do i phrase this that my love of comedy is more because i'm interested in the craft of it or is that like a hipstery thing to say? Like, oh, well, you, you don't know how they do this? Well, you must not love comedy as much. I don't know. Sort of a two ways to look at it. But as you heard, we're out of time. So I just want to get this last thing in. Uh, trying to figure out what a Trump supporter is based on YouTube clips. Uh, yeah, these sort of just popped up in my feed. Uh, like, nothing I subscribe to, but just, like, YouTube will say, uh, I guess, based on things you've watched, why don't you check this out? It's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. They don't do it, like, in a Netflix fashion, but whatever. Um, a lot of the things that have sort of popped up lately are Trump supporters getting fucked with by, like, other people, <laughs> which uh, I find great enjoyment in. 
and, and my sort of thought is watching these, trying to figure out why someone would be a Trump supporter. And I gotta say, and we'll end the show with this, I have no fucking idea. None. Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Ooh, maybe I'll work that into the title. What makes a Trump supporter? Ooh, ah, e. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.